Okay, my text today is uh, taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6 and verse 4, and this is what it says. Now a word to you dads, don't make your children angry by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction approved by the Lord. I don't know why, but for years I read this scripture, and I thought it was talking about bringing discipline and instruction to the children. But I now realize after 33 years of being a dad and 35, 35 years being married that uh, this scripture is actually talking to dads, uh, that we need instruction, that we need training how to be dads. Uh, interesting thought, I thought, looking at this scripture. Um, you always think of uh, bringing out the discipline to the children and straightening them out, but I think it's the men that need straightening out. And that's pretty cool coming from a man. There's normally a lady that would say that. <laughs> Hear all the amens from the ladies. Now, I just want to really um, honor and respect dads. You know, my dad passed away 34 years ago. Um, for me, I was 26 years old. If he was alive now, he'd be 114 years old. He was born in Rawani in 1906, um, son of a sawmiller. Um, hauling logs out of um, the forests in Weimar and uh, around that area, Otawa, things like that. And I, I, I remember now, even though it's 34 years ago, I remember distinctly the loss that I felt within myself with my dad passing. Quite different, my mum's been gone nine years, but when my dad passed, there was something significant taken out of my life. I remember that and, it, and it's still with me now. And I just want to honour dads. I want to honour the dads, especially that lost their dads when they were young. Younger than 26. Maybe there's dads here that didn't even know their father. And, and, but they went on and became good dads themselves. So I just want to honour you. You know who you are if you're here today. And, and one of the things that I find tremendously encouraging uh, with this group of people, is all the young dads coming through. Yeah. Um, I spoke to one yesterday on the phone, and I'm not going to um, call any names out, but I'm tremendously encouraged with these young men coming through, loving their wives, loving their families, and more importantly, calling other men to account and telling their stories to other men. That's a vitally important thing for us to do. We've been silent too long with each other. So I think that's part of the instruction. That's part of the learning is talking to each other and hearing each other's stories. It's a very important thing to do, and it brings great healing for all of us. You know, we can all improve as parents, all improve, and none of us are perfect. But we need to learn and grow um, with each other. And here's a challenge to all of us. Now, you may not be a dad, you may be single, you may be married and, and not fathered children, but I just, for the ladies here, I call you all to account to honour dads. Now, there's, a, you know, there's, there's movement against traditional family in our country and around the planet, but we need to uphold dads and lift them up and honour them and respect them. You might say to me, Dave, you don't know my story. My father wasn't a very good guy. 
And, you know, we've heard a lot of stories over the years of tragedy and broken homes, but I want to be positive. There are good men out there. There are good families out there. So why should we judge every single man by the ones that haven't done so well? We need to lift this whole thing up. That's a challenge for all of us, all of us across the board, to get through our bitterness from what, how our father treated us, if it came from a bad situation, get through that and move forward. Don't be a victim to that. Move forward. Get around people where you can get healing. Um, and be encouraging and supportive. And most of all, listen. Listen and show respect. So, you know, I, I want you know, young people to... Re, if you, your dad's there, respect them. Don't take them for granted. That's the revelation I had after my dad died. I thought, whoa, you know, I was 26 years old, bit of a smart aleck, and, and I hadn't respected my dad. And if that's one of the greatest regrets in my life is if I could turn the clock back and show that man respect, I just, you know, that's one of the things that devastated me. But by the time I realized he was a smart guy, he was dead. This is, um, I'm reading... Um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 from the message translation. It says this, Dads, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them, but take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. I love the picture that that scripture paints. Not a religious authoritarian dad laying down the law to his children, but a man who's prepared to come alongside his children and take them by the hand and walk with them, walk with them through life. Now, Glennis and I have had four children. Um, the youngest is uh, 23. The oldest is 32. Um, of the four children, the youngest and the oldest were most difficult. Um, my eldest, Matthew, um, because, you know, young dad learning, I over-disciplined him. Um, we had times of struggle that led to strife um, through our life um, with Matthew. Um, things warmed and things changed, and uh, we learned to get on better. Last year for my 60th birthday, he rang me up and he got me a cheap flight to Auckland, and he said to me, um, Dad, prepared to get wet. So I thought, heck, what am I in for? You know, it's sort of scary. Um, for me, um, I thought, well, I, straight away I thought I'm taking a wetsuit. <laughs> and then I thought, shall I take my life jacket and helmet? <laughs> and I thought, that's over the top, that'll just lead him on. I got to Auckland with my wetsuit and my backpack, and he took me down Auckland, and I thought, you know, we're going to jump off the sky tower. You know, what are we going to do? And he takes me into this um, place down um, Auckland there, and it was a flight simulator. And I um, sat in the captain's seat of the 737 simulator, and the instructor said, what do you, where do you want to fly? And I said to him, well, I want to do one of the routes that Matthew flies. So we flew out of Wellington and flew into Sydney. You know, the, it's a, it was an hour long, but so he gapped the bit in the middle, you know, just to the takeoff and the landing. And um, landing into Sydney, if you don't know Sydney, it's got two runways. I came in to land on the wrong one. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have the plane trimmed properly, so I was fighting the yoke all the time. You know, you're watching things. The 737 for the captain has got a little head-up display that comes down. It gives you airspeed, tracking, and all that, you know. And, and at the end of an hour, I had a headache. Uh, <laughs> but, but the thing it showed me was that the thing that Matthew wanted me to see was be part of his world. 
and that's something that he did for a living. And that's the revelation that I had, that our children want us to walk with them and experience their world and listen to them and empathize with them and not just lay their law down to them, but to empathize with them and see them like that. And my daughter, um, you know, the girls are different. You know, I had three boys. They'd come hiking with me, kayaking, climbing trees. Girls are a little bit different. I can remember coming back out of the bush one time out of uh, Matadale Forest, and she just wanted to climb a tree and talk. And we just sat up this oak tree and talk. Um, into the teenage years, um, you know, it, it became a, re a real struggle. You know, she'd put up a wall. You know, you, you couldn't talk to her. She'd push me away, more mummy's girl. And what I did was um, I would take a book and go and lie on her bedroom floor and read my book. And she would do things like, Dad, you're a retard. Get out of here, she'd point. Get, get, out of my, get out of my bedroom. Get out of here. And I'd stay on the floor and she'd say, Glennis, come and get your husband out of my room. <laughs> and then one day, this, this, is, this is the thing, you know, that one day I was lying here on the floor reading a book and she says to me, Dad, what do you think about boys? You know, this is a 16, 17-year-old girl. What do you think about boys? You know, there's, there's a moment, you know, my brother-in-law taught me that you've got to be ready and there when kids are going to ask, ask the questions, you've got to be there. And it doesn't matter if it's midnight, 1 a.m. in the morning, you've got, to, you've got to be there. And I was there. And the thing I said to her, and it was a real Holy Spirit thing for me, I said to her, I don't trust any boy as far as I could throw them with you. <laughs> But this is the thing, listen to this, listen to this. But I said to her, and this was God, I said to her, but I trust you to make the right decisions when you have to. And the other thing was in her favour was she had three big brothers and she could punch like a man. So that was a, <laughs> it's a good thing for me. But you see, those, those key things, those key things to listen and empathise with our children is key. That's what we need to learn. Some men climb mountains and do crazy adventures and risk their lives. To me, the best thing a man can do is to, as Ruth pointed out, love his wife and to be a good dad. That's the priorities for me. Now, here's, here's a challenge. This is, this is me finishing up. There's only ever been one perfect father child relationship that has ever existed on this planet. One perfect one. And you can read about that in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I challenge you, I don't know where you're at. I don't know your experience of, of church or God or whatever, but I challenge you to read those Gospels. Jesus said this, My Father and I are one. My Father and I are one. Where do you stand? Where do you stand with the Creator? Where do you stand with the Father of Fathers? That's my challenge to you. Think about it. Think about it. God is a God of restoration. Restoration. He wants to bring that restoration into our families. Father, I thank you for every single person that's here right now. I thank you for the example that Jesus set 
of being one with his father. And I know, Father, that for us, that oneness with our children comes through our relationship with you in purity and truth. So, Father, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice right now. Father, I pray that they will take you seriously. I pray that they will see you as not a religious, angry God, but as a God who loves them dearly and, and just wants restoration of families and holds families dear and precious and is the creator of family. So I pray peace upon these people, your love and joy here in the name of Jesus. Amen.